Is that right? Yeah, I am hosting. Yeah, you are hosting. I hope so. It's your. <laughs> I'm not sure I can uh, talk as extensively. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, you've had you've had six weeks with the playlist. Surely you should be yeah, but a while. You've had a playing. lifetime. Hello listeners and welcome to the 58th episode of Picky Bastards. Um, We are here to talk lots of sense and get everything right as we always do. So we're about to tell you the exact best albums from the last few months and I'm going to get it all right. And so Sam, so Matt, so there'll be no arguing. We're going to agree all the way through. Does that sound right, Matt and Sam? That sounds really boring. Yeah. That, yeah, Fully... that that will never happen. It, no? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, this is the Picky Bastards podcast. Just to introduce it, if you've not listened before, every month we listen to four recently released albums, uh, one classic album, and then one of us introduces an artist that we love. Um, this month, the recent releases are Profound Mysteries 2 by Roy Scott, Too Much to Ask by Cheek Face, Julia Jacqueline with Pre-Pleasure, and Cheat Codes by Danger Mouse and Black Fort. The classic is Blackout by Method Man and Redman, and I'll be telling you all why I love Bob Marley at the end. Um, I just realised I didn't really say hello to Matt or Sam then. Hi, Matt. Hi. How are you doing? I'm okay. Thanks yeah. Thanks for finally asking. I, know. I was waiting. I just thought I'd get all the intro out of the way, because um, we normally do it the other way around, but maybe people get bored of us just being like, hi, Matt. Hi, Fran. Hi, Sam. So, hi, Sam. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Frank. How are you doing? Good. Good, good. Is, okay, let's launch into it. We are we are just <laughs> pretending that we haven't been talking for the past 15 minutes. <laughs> I know, I know. Do you think people believe it? I, mm, doubtful. I think whenever I whenever I listen to another podcast, I don't sit there thinking, oh, they've been talking for half an hour. So, But then we always put like, yeah, anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> so I have a couple of questions to kick things off with, and I'm going to go to Matt first. So Matt, which Uh-oh. of these albums... Did you think had unmet potential? Um, and so for this, I picked the album Julia Jacqueline, or Pre-Pleasure by Julia Jacqueline. Okay. Um, and this wasn't because I didn't like the album. I actually thought this album was really great. I thought the overall sound, it had like a really rich atmosphere to it. There were lots of moments in it, which reminded me of Big Thief, who is a, like, I've done a while I love on them. Um, I really, really like them as a band um but then there was lots of like weirdness also within within the songs so like you'd have moments which felt like very like nice indie rock like enjoying it pretty regular and then it would kind of blossom out into just something bigger and shinier and um something just very unexpected um i think uh ignore tenderness is a good example of that um, also, uh, love try not to let go is also a, a big example of that because you have this like uh, combination of you have this piano and guitar with this massive reverb, and it's like drifting with this purpose, and it's um, it's really just like a very good catchy song, and you can't help but like feel like you're bopping along to it, and then out of nowhere, there's this this like big boom of like big guitars and drums, and it, it's. It feels like such a welcome surprise, and it. I feel like the album is characterized by like these little moments of something that would appear unpredictably, but makes sense and would be coherent. Um, but that said, when when it comes to the, like your question of yeah, um, like did it? I was wondering really, when you were getting to that. Yeah, <laughs> did it really <laughs> hit all the marks? Is it? Did it miss out on something? I feel like. This album is all, almost like like very very well crafted, apart from one element, which is in the middle. There's a very big dip. There's a, okay. and it's not like I I dislike the song. So it's, specifically, I'm talking about the, like a triad of songs in uh, two in Love to Die, and there's two songs after that, and it, it just slows it's the best down. Song on the album, but I'll let you off. I I knew I knew that this would be the contentious point because it, at this point the whole album shifts <laughs> and gets way too like folky and kind of mm. in my books it's pretty dull but I think it adds balance to the album but having a block of three just as the album is like it has all this momentum and drive and then all of a sudden it just puts the brakes on real hard 
and then it tries to get that momentum back up uh, later on, and it's just it's all gone. And so, just even just simply changing the structure of the atom a little bit, I think would have made a massive difference. And so, I think that's kind of the opportunity missed with this album. Mm-hmm. Is it? It feels like there's some all the parts are there to make it like one of the best albums of the year, and it's a few tweaks, and okay. it could be there, um, but it's not quite there right now. Interesting. It sounds like you liked it more than the one we previously covered, though. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot more. Yeah. Interesting. Sam? Yeah, um, I I really kind of grew to love this album. Um, I I haven't heard anything by Julia Jacklin before this, so I went in kind of completely blind. Um, so I have no idea if this compares to previous stuff, if it's like it, if it's just uh, typical for her or not. I, I don't really know. But I, I really grew to really like it. It kind of um it it really grabbed me this this month. But I do agree with, with what Matt is saying in the sense of it really starts strong. And I think it really ends strong as well. I think for yeah. me maybe it picks up a bit more than it did for you. Um like I the first two tracks I think are some of the best moments. I think Love tried to to not let go. It, it really does shine through because it's really punchy and kind of um, it, it's it's a real statement. And I, th- I feel like Be Careful With Yourself near the end is probably my favorite song. Mm. Um, I th- feel like that does a similar thing and kind of builds back up to that. Um, the middle does feel a lot more empty, but I think what it did for me is it allowed me to really, da- to really get into it the lyrics of the album, which mm. I feel like are probably the strongest point. I don't think this is a, a vocalist's album. I don't think, I think the music is all very, very well put together, but for me, it really is a lyrical album and that that's clearly her strong suit for, from what I can gather from this one record. And mm. um, I, I love how matter of fact everything is um, and how kind of plainly spoken. Um, and that that's, that's obviously from, from the folk influence that you're talking about and that's why it kind of shines through on those softer moments um but i agree that it does kind of feel like you've got real momentum and then i think for some people it may slow down too much in the middle like i i i, I bought this so i oh, wow. i, I own it on vinyl <laughs> nice and I, and I played it and I, bought, I bought it and i went um when i was back home with my mum and dad and uh, they were like, oh, we want to listen to the vinyl you've bought. And the other vinyl that I bought that day were not things that I was going to play. Like I bought <laughs> the um, the Nova Twins album and I was like, I'm nice. not going to play this at home. They are going to hate no? this. But this was the only one I thought this is going to be appropriate. And they were so bored um, <laughs> by the whole thing. And I was like, it's really good. It's really like there's lots to get. So I, I do get that aspect that Matt's talking about. Yeah. I think he is right. Um but I, I feel like it, the songs overall are good enough to pull it through, even if it may have even been even better in a slightly mm. different order or something like that. I, I don't know. I, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to start by correcting Sam because you have heard a Julia Jacklin album before because you have came I? on the um, best albums we discovered on the podcast episode and, and I picked Julia Jacklin. Did you? And yeah. And um I picked her debut album. I have no you, memory of that. You listened to it and you, you I remember you being because I expected <laughs> you to really like Julia Jacklin and you were quite lukewarm on it. So my sense now is either you wow. didn't listen to it at all and then no, she I, made you I definitely so. I definitely would have done. <laughs> or, I, I um, just have completely forgotten about that and I just yeah. assumed that we'd never covered it and I the, thought it was yeah. a bit strange when you picked it because I know you t- you tend to avoid picking ones that have been on the podcast exactly. before. Exactly. You were on that you were on the episode where where you, you all didn't like it that much and I loved it. So um but anyway, we'll move on. Um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but listen to it again because it's great. The first first two albums are both great. But yeah, but for, for me this was a strange one to cover on the podcast because um like I'm a huge Julia Jacqueline fan, so it's not it's rare for me to be covering like a new album 
by an artist that potentially could I could do what I love about Judy Strachan. Um, both of her previous albums I thought were fantastic. Um, so I, I did go into this album blind, but I, I was far from neutral on her. Um, but then the album kind of, in a way, took a little while to grow on me. Um, I mean, it's clear that she's always going to make music that appeals to me. Um, I like it, and but it didn't it didn't grab me in the way that the the first two did straight away. Um, I think she continues to make really gorgeous indie folk songs. I think Sam's just picked up on her lyrical ability. Absolutely. That's the best thing about her. All of her lyrics are great. She's got a real wry humour. Um, but for me, there was a slight change up in the style and approach on this one. I, I felt there was less folk and country influences, actually, and not as many sort of, of the epic ballads that she does. Um, I think this reminded me a little bit of the last Lucy Dacus album. Um, it's a bit more of an indie sound. Um, that said, you know, it's not a huge change and, and, and it's not, that's not a negative. Um, I think part of the change that is clear is, uh, the lyrical content. Um, you know, it's still wry humor. It's still sort of, um, very clever lyrics, but she seems happy at times on this album, which she never has before. Um, you know, it seems at times that she's writing about a relationship that she's actually in and enjoying rather than looking back on a lot of heartbreak. Um, that said, being who she is and the kind of songs she writes, even those happier songs come from a sort of really anxiety-ridden place where the main emotion seems to be the fear of losing it. Too In Love To Die, which um, which Max just slagged off, is an obvious example. I think it's her best vocal performance here. But I think Sam's also mentioned Be Careful With Yourself, um, which I think, again, is, is a great song. Um, I love how she lists all the things this new partner needs to do to keep themselves from dying, basically. Um, it's kind of she's still she's happy she's in love with someone but also she's picturing them dying and, and trying to prevent it so it shows she's still not the happiest person in the world um so yeah i think this the dry humor that was on sort of songs like same airport, airport different man from the previous album is still here but but it's coming from a happier starting point so yeah i do like this it isn't my favorite album of hers in fact i prefer both of the previous albums um i think it probably tells you quite a lot that I prefer her when she's depressed. Um, it probably, <laughs> says more about, probably says more about her than it does about me. But I still think it's great. I still think it's a very good album. And I actually do think it's probably the best starting point for new people out of the three albums. I think it's a bit more accessible because of that slightly happier tone. So, yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it as much as the other two, but it's still great. And that's me. Um, but yes, I mean, you have heard Julie Jacklin before. I feel ashamed. Yeah. I'm, I want to personally apologize <laughs> to Julie Jacklin because, <laughs> like, I now rem- I think I can remember like the album artwork of it now. Yeah, yeah. it's distinctive. It was. I just. I think. Yeah, you're right on that podcast that I think I was just like it was just there. Yeah, well, it was engage. on that the best of. Well, so we had a lot of big albums on that, like Kano and Little Sims and stuff. So I, I imagine this maybe got lost in the background a little bit. Um, yeah. But listen again now that you've got into this one, because I can't sorry. see you not like Sorry, Julia. First sorry. Yeah. Sorry she, for being... She's a very <laughs> nice person. I've seen her live quite a few times. She's she's very nice. She'd probably accept your apology. <laughs> You'd be okay. Okay, Sam, back to you. Try to not forget having listened to an album again this time. Yeah. But, um, which album did you enjoy more than you should have? Um, so I think there's only one answer to this question. Um, and I feel like all three of us will agree on this. And it is the, same one I'm thinking. the classic Method Man and Red Man Blackout. Mm-hmm. Um, because clearly this is not an album we should be celebrating in 2022. Um, <laughs> and there's just, off the back, there's, off the bat, there's just stacks of just late 90s kind of, misogyny never-ending lyrics about things it's like you go down the list lyrics and it's just one thing after another but i i feel like all three of us will really love the beats the performances Mm. the guest vocals the uh, everything about this album because it's just so infectious and so undeniably good (laughs) that it's it's just impossible to not enjoy it even even if if someone had released this album this year, if we were reviewing the new Da Baby album and it was this, I think we'd all be like massively offended. I find it really mm. interesting to go back and listen to things like this in the classic. But I, I, I think the way that they trade bars off each other is like my 
dream of these kind of collaborative albums um because it's like it's it's not this is a song that's like method man's bit red man's going to do another song it, it's very much a collaborative effort at all points it's it's kind of like this bit then this bit then this bit someone else joins in then then we go over here then we go over here it it really works in that respect um it's not like switching styles constantly and i, th- I think the production is really interesting on this um but yeah, at the same time, am I going to go back and listen to this again? Probably not. I, I feel like that, that that song in the middle, Serial Killer, kind of sets the tone. Um, and mm. some of the lyrics, you kind of just like, it's hard to just kind of not think about that um, when you listen to the rest. So for me, it was the obvious answer to that question. And it sounds like that mm. wasn't what you had in mind, Fran. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, well, but <laughs> but I totally get that as an answer, and, and I'll jump in because because I, yeah, my my notes are similar. Um, but I'm going to start with the positives, positives, and say like I don't think we've ever featured such a sonically exciting and engaging classic album. Yeah, in terms of how it sounds, sounds it's just relentlessly thrilling on every level. Like we listen to so much hip hop on this podcast and despite this being nearly 25 years old, it's hard to think of many examples that sound as dynamic as this does. Uh, it's just a mix of a mix of things create that, the beats, the production, but as you've just mentioned, Sam, their, their voices and their performances and the chemistry they have is just unbelievable. They bounce off each other all the way through. And even when they bring in guests, that doesn't, you don't lose that. Even Jar Rule sounds pretty fucking good on this album. So <laughs> I don't know how they did that. Um, while it's a pretty long album, the, the, it, it blends in most of the time. It's pretty effortless. Um, you know, there are a couple of songs I would lose on a sound level, not many. Uh, and, you know, you've just mentioned Serial Killer. Um, in terms of how it sounds, though, and, and the flow on it, it's, it's one of the best rap yeah. songs of oh, all time. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> it's so good. It's, 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 it sounds amazing. So does Tear It Off, so does Checker, so does Fire In The Hole. Um, so yeah, on the basis of everything I've said so far, it would probably be my favorite classic album we've ever covered. It's exactly the kind of hip hop I used to be obsessed with. And it's a stronger example of that than a lot of the ones I used to listen to. But like you've already said, it's got the same problems as the Biggie album that we covered when, you know, back in the day, it's so much horrible misogyny. Um, you know, and in some ways you can dismiss that as something that was, was endemic in the genre at the time. And you, and also there's plenty of misogynistic horrible rock music by white men that doesn't get as much scrutiny as something like this does because it tends to be hip-hop that gets it gets pointed out more but with that said some of it on this album is totally inexcusable there's there's a really rapey skit really early on and i don't know how that can Mm. even have been allowed then um so yeah it leaves me with very complicated feelings this album um sonically it's close to perfect perfection but it hits some really, really sour notes. I don't think as often as the Biggie album did. I think the Biggie album had more horrible moments on it, but maybe they were done with more sort of somberness, whereas there's quite a lot of humour in the horrible moments here that doesn't really strike well. But in in terms of how it sounds, it's fantastic. So yeah, complicated. Um, I'm not going to say I love it because it's too horrible, (laughs) but it sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's a interesting, like the comparison to some of the other classic hip hop albums. I think specifically the Biggie album that feels mm. like he's almost debating, and there's there's some almost contrition in some of the songs. But this mm. feels full blown. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and they're just having a good time, um, whatever way that or shape that looks like, um, with no remorse. So mm. I, I think it's more, it's less ambiguous. And that's, I think that's the sour taste it leaves. But like you said, like you said, like you said, it's so, it's <laughs> like, I would listen to this and be like, oh, the, just the, for the vibes it has. Mm. Um, and as long, as long as I'm not like analyzing it and like really focusing on it, it's just such a good time to just kick back to um, for that vibe and atmosphere. Um well, you're it's lucky because much... you don't listen to lyrics anyway, do you? So yeah, well, you probably didn't even notice. Hard to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, you guys covered most of it. I think I think 
the like you say the interplay between them is i think their voices really dovetail really well like the the deepness and the like laid back um versus the more aggressive on the on the mic um in the in in their pairing really like pairs super well um the one thing I found a little confusing about this, because I was looking at the track and um, The Rock Wilder has maybe 30 to 100 times more plays than any other song. And I didn't think that, like, it had some interesting production that did stand out as a little bit more, maybe even modern or ahead of its time. But it didn't, it didn't have as much charisma as the other songs. So I was like, that that to me is the one of the things that stood out as like, that, that was kind mm. of curious. That was the breakout song, maybe. I feel like that's on a yeah. soundtrack, like a big soundtrack from back in the day. Yeah, I think that might be part. So of that it, that might be like why. That. Yeah, I think that might be uh, on the Eight Mile soundtrack off the top of my head because I feel like that was the song that I knew by them. Um, so it might be on like the, if, you know, the eight, eight Mile had a couple of soundtracks, and one of them was all the old yeah. school stuff. And I think it might have been on that. But yeah, but why? Yeah, but why pick that song? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar feelings. It's yeah. I'm not sure I'll listen to it again, but I'm glad we've given it some okay. time. Okay. Well, I will go on to what my answer to that question would have been, and what I thought maybe Sam was going to say. But I, I secretly think Sam will hate this album. But if if there was a song that I liked more than I thought I should have, it would be the Cheek Face album. Too much to ask. Um, like, first of all, it's obviously ridiculous and silly in almost every way. <laughs> It's musically very basic and unadventurous. It's it's almost purposefully droll and obtuse in its lyrics, almost always aiming for the comedic over the serious. And its voice and delivery are, are, are silly. Like, it's overly accented when he talks. He screams a lot. It also feels a bit like a throwback to, like, Smash Mouth and, Smash Mouth and other 90s bands that kind of seem like novelty acts this way. So, like, I really shouldn't like it. But... And when I first, yeah, when I first heard heard it the first time, and I thought, okay, Matt's put, picked another shite lad band for us to listen to, but it very quickly <laughs> grew on me, and and I did end up liking it quite a lot. I think it's silly and ridiculous, but I think it's also genuinely funny. I think it's yeah, it is simple and basic, but it's catchy. It feels quite authentic in its silliness, if if that makes any sense. Like he knows. Um, some of the best moments on it are really throwaway. Like my favorite songs, probably the song about a big cup of noodles um which is just <laughs> bizarre but i love it um it's, it's got no meaning it's got no thought but i love it and then i think there is like some social commentary i think um you know he talks quite amusingly about the confusion of the pandemic messaging on, on we need a bigger dumpster discusses the music industry on featured singer um and they have stuff to say they're funny when they're saying it you know the, the song you always want to bomb the Middle East. I think it's trying to say something. I don't really know what, but uh, I, I enjoy it. Um, and then there's a song like Friends, um, which again, it's not particularly profound, but it's kind of a fun look at forced friendships. Um, and then Next to Me is quite sweet, uh, quite a sweet love song. Um, so yeah, I think it's successful in, in quite a lot of ways in the end, and I'm glad we covered it. You know, it's, it's not really at the level where I'm going to listen to it again. Uh, it's kind of away from what I'd normally listen to, but as an album in this kind of, genre and something Matt covered chose on a whim because he liked the cover of it. Um, I'm kind of glad we did. I enjoyed spending time with it. And that was silly as hell. Um, yeah. <laughs> Matt, where did you land with cheek face? I, it's so, uh, like, yeah. First time I listened to this, I was like, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> 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 the, the song, the, yeah. The song like uh, noodles stuck out uh, yeah. a lot. And I was just like, this is, gonna, noodles. this is going to, I'm never going to hear the end of this. This is going to be torture. And <laughs> I, I wasn't even enjoying the album to inflict it on you guys. It was just like, this is going to be bad, but it grew on me so much. I really mm. enjoyed how absurd it is. Um, and it, I think I wouldn't compare it to Smash Mouth. But it's more, I think, akin to like a uh, similar era of college rock, like Cake and other bands like that. Mm. Um and it's like three levels of distillation from like someone wanted to be the talking heads and then someone else wanted to be that band. <laughs> and now we're end up at, at this. Um, but I, yeah, I, I thought I had a lot of fun listening to this. Um, I think the, like you said, that the next to me, I think is one of the highlights because um, of the, how playful the storytelling is. Mm. Um 
and I yeah I I but like like you say it's confusing because it is like it does feel like at points they really hit the nail on the head with some of the like analogies I think I feel so weird and they're like talking about how they have barking dogs within them initially you first listen to it and it just doesn't make any sense but then it does make sense after a while and mm. um the absurdist absurdness of the um what is it the the i'm at the jamba juice i'm at the combination <laughs> uh, ther- therapist and jamba juice i love it uh, i love that it's just it's yeah i just i thought this was a very nice fun time and it was a good balance for our playlist as a whole mm. uh, uh so yeah do you get a bit of um lcd sound system matt from it uh, um, yeah that was my, a lie i love before the i want to be a fake featured artist mm. is my favorite song on this and it does feel like a lcd takeoff <laughs> yeah 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 um, yeah, yeah. I, okay so they feel like a perfect artist to try and catch a festival i feel like just mm. in the morning when you're getting going yeah yeah sam how much do you hate it Okay, so my first question is, like, are you two okay? Like, <laughs> like genuinely, like, I'm, I'm quite sure. I'm quite worried for you now because I'm fine. I've got a big cup of noodles, so like, all good. Okay, genuinely, in the whole time Picky Bees <laughs> has been a thing, no album has made me feel the way that this album has made <laughs> me feel. Uh... And that feeling is just pure anger that I have had to waste 30 minutes at a time listening to this. It, this is without doubt the worst album Picky Bastards has ever covered. This is, this is, this is barely music. Like, come on, man. I no, I, genuinely that first listen, I nearly messaged Matt and said, are you taking the piss? If you picked an actual album, this is like the album that the artist that, that, they're on like a comedy show, the band that's like a fake band on the show <laughs> makes and everyone takes the piss out of them and no one talks about the fact that the music is terrible, but that's the point. It's meant to be terrible because it's on a show. You wouldn't listen. No one would listen to this in real life. Would Like what? That big cup of noodles. I mean, that I is don't. Bad. It, it's, I love that. I but love it, it. But it's genuinely bad, and it's not funny. I don't. I don't <laughs> get. I can't. Un, I can't fathom how much analysis the two of you have just had <laughs> over this album. That's like a guy just saying random things, and with no consequence of anything. And you're like, um, I think he's trying to say something. What the? What? I listened through the whole playlist today and it got to the first track and I lasted 20 seconds and I went, I'm not doing it. I just can't. <laughs> I couldn't listen to it again. I, th- it's, it's horrendous. It's so bad. And I'm genuinely so annoyed that you made me listen to this. It's been getting great reviews, by the way. I, I, it's it's made, needle it, drop. They all loved it. It's completely made me rethink both of your opinions on music. <laughs> like I already thought some of the, I mean, I thought Matt might like it because it's, it is totally Matt's. Oh, it's a bit of fun album, but you Fran, I thought better of you. I genuinely <laughs> do. Thanks. So what you're saying is you think I've got better music taste than no, Matt? No, but I know yeah. this is, Matt loves this kind of shit. He loves <laughs> these, these sorts of bands that are like mm. not actually very good, but it's just fun. <laughs> I'm like, it's, oh, it's um, just a joke, genuinely a joke. I hope they hear it as what well, this as well. I hope they hear I'm me. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag just them in every every quote. A poor guy hanging out at home gets tagged in the podcast, and yeah. they're getting good reviews on Pitchfork. They don't need. Well, he's they don't, eating they don't need noodles. Um, okay, wow. well, Sam, there's two albums left. Is the one that you do like? Seems you hate that so much. Do you want to talk about something you liked? The fact that I hadn't even scrolled to that because I was like, surely that can't be the album you're going to pick for that question. (laughs) I was like, it can't be that one. So I'll go to the other ones on my notes. Um, Let's let's talk about Danger Mouse. Um, 
just because when I found a, re- a really interesting comparison to Method Man, Red Man, yeah. because weirdly, this this feels like a, like a mid noughties record. This feels like a an album that would have come out like near the end of the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, in that post college dropout everyone's doing soul samples kind of era of of hip-hop that is to me like what i gel with the most because that's what i loved when i was growing up and really started to actually get into hip-hop so that whole era around the the kind of the late 2000s early 2010s um, I really enjoy it. And I really enjoy this album actually as well. I, I, I think overall, I think the beats are just really, they're really catchy. They're really um, engaging. Um, and there's a really nice flow from track to track. It's not just a bunch of songs put together. It feels like it really has like development through it. I think um, I love like the, the way that this kind of sample is used on salt water um, it's, it has this like timelessness to the way that they use the productions done. Um, I think Aquamarine is another obvious highlight. I think mm-hmm. Michael Kiwanuka alongside hip hop works so well. And I wish that he would do that a bit more. I know that he's not going to start. I don't want him to rap. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but, I, but like uh, there was like the song he did with little Sims and stuff, I, I, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I really enjoy that, and he, I, I love, I loved that song, um, but I, I think um, it it avoids the pitfalls with all of these artists that like a lot of these artists are from that era. You've got like Raekwon and like um, I can't even think of any other names from the top of my head now um, that were on albums at that point, um, which makes it feel even more like an album out of time. Um, almost like it's not really an album from this year, um, but I think it doesn't get bogged down by the the kind of list of guests um, because the production is so consistent, like thematically throughout. And um, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I to me it's like the obvious highlight of the the whole playlist um, as as a kind of obvious album to enjoy. Um, but who knows. I can't trust either of you anymore. So. <laughs> Just on before, I'll, I'll let Matt cut in, but it was, yeah. they've been making this album for like 15 yeah, years. Yeah. That's probably why it sounds like it's from that era because they've been making it forever. But um, yeah, Matt, what, what did, where did you land? So does that mean if I agree, then then your own opinion's shit as well? No, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know whose opinion is whatever anymore when, no, my mind's <laughs> melted. Yeah. But because because I do largely agree, <laughs> I I like like you said it, it is a um, very much like a throwback album, um, and if that is because it, in my head it was just because Danger Mouse style just hasn't evolved, but maybe it is because he started making it 20, 15, 20 years ago. Um, but I, I think the the biggest point I I thought about his like his production was not only did he create this kind of very nice um atmosphere that continues throughout and it, like there is a handoff between each song um the songs vary enough and play to the strengths of the individual like whoever's yeah, featuring yeah. and so like you get the more kind of soulful song when michael kiranaka comes on or you get the more aggressive song when there's ace up rocky and run the jewels and it it's means it's what you kind of each song is what you expect when you recognize that individual like artist and it also yeah like i said it's playing to their strengths and so it is non-stop it's uh like consistent super tight all the way through it doesn't it isn't an hour and 20 minutes like um the method man uh record is it's it's like keeps it it's like quick and it's uh not not overstaying his welcome at all so i i i also yeah i thought it was really great and it's, it's it's also the album structure in general is just really well considered because it, it the first song is very like it comes in it's a soft open and it, it there is this kind of relaxed style to it and then it picks up pace and then like the final song is like 
like a serenade goodbye. And it, I think just as an entire piece, it's just, it's obvious that a lot of care and attention has been put into it. So I, I, uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed this album. And like you said, it, it is very easy to enjoy. Yeah. Well, I thought it was pretty shit, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I think with the people involved with it, and I do mean the two main artists, but I also mean the guests, I thought it should be amazing. But it's just really flat and really samey all the way through. I feel like it threatens to get going a couple of times, but I don't know what you two are talking about um, in terms of it being a good set list. I think it just feels the same all the way through. I think there's a couple of songs. I think the darkest part's quite good. I like a couple of bits from the track with Kiwanuka. But I think the thing that really lets it down is the production, which is weird when you've got Danger Mouse on board. But it sounds like it sounds really tinny a lot of the time. Black Fort's voice sounds like it's recorded on an iPhone and it's so far back in the mix. Um, it just sounds flat. Um, I think the MF Doom, who died several years ago, has the standout moment on the album, and I think I think that says it all. Really, um, I think they you know they've been working on this for years. Apparently, it doesn't very for me. It doesn't feel planned or put together well at all. Again, I keep I, I'm going to keep going back to where flat. It's just flat. It's flat. It's uninspired. That's it's the complete opposite of what we said. Yeah, it's yeah. It's it, I just found it boring. I could not get into it at all. Um, it's much much weaker than some of it. Some of its parts. I think you'd think with these two together and with all of the amazing guests, it would be something incredible. But it no, no, boring. Didn't like it. Well, that's wild. But that's all I have to say. That's, I think that's the wildest take we've had so far. And you today. have the audacity to say Cheek Face was fun. Like, I, just, I mean, Cheek Face was which, 10 times which, more fun than this Which would song. you put on? The audacity. If I was going to listen to Cheek Face every time, oh I enjoyed God. that. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather listen to A Big Cup of Noodles on a playlist okay, like 400 I times. need like to check if Fran is okay because I'm, you know, <laughs> like when people like call out and have like a sign that's like things aren't like they need I'm, I'm this. All good. I'm all good. It's just a bad album. Um, yeah. Do you know what? It's not bad, would be unfair. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's just, I just found it very boring. I just didn't think it was um, an album, an album that's apparently 15 years to make or something. And it, pff, no, no, thank you. Done. Okay. Anyone else want to tell me I'm wrong or should we talk about Roy Scott? I can. Yeah. I like, I, this was, this album was a surprise to me. For some, like, I, I've never actively listened to Roy, Roy is it Roy Scott or Roy Sop? It's Roy Sop. Roy Scott. Roy Scott. The K is before the Roik-sop. S. Yeah. Roik-sop. I, 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 I have written it down incorrectly. Okay. That's why I was getting confused. I've written it down with an S anyway, before the K. It's, yeah, it's I not necessarily what I expected. Everybody. It, I, for some reason, I could categorize them right, like right next to Sigurros and this kind of pretty easy listening, pleasant backgroundy music. But obviously, this is a little bit different to that. Um, but it all like I really enjoyed this album specifically when I was listening to it because it's been like it's been <laughs> warm outside. I've been biking a lot. <laughs> But if I listened, I feel like if I listened to this in a winter, it would not be the right time. Because um, it just feels like maybe a slightly more interesting uh, random access memories from Daft, like Daft Punk. It feels like just a complete takeoff of that. Um, it There's so many parts in it that just feel like I've heard it before um, from different uh, different places that I just was kind of confused about whether whether like i should just be enjoying it as it is or should i does it do am i just wanting to listen to something else um but i feel like most of the time if i just switch my brain off and just wasn't actually paying that much attention to it it just had a, a nice vibe throughout it and so um even though i was very confused by the album i most of the time quite enjoyed listening to it so I, I feel like I haven't really explained my feelings about it very well. <laughs> no, you like it or not, <laughs> and, and that's because I'm still not sure about it. Um, and that said, it's probably the album I've listened to the most on the list. So I what? don't know. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think you. I don't think you just said anything. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm. I'm just. I found this out really confusing. The thing is, okay. like, I, I, I get that entirely. Like, I've written that. I, I'm really interested in what you both think of this because I feel like I'm really conflicted. Um, I like I knew Rockstop quite well. Um, their first few albums. Um, really loved it. All the stuff they did with Robin, they had a whole like mini album EP thing with Robin that was like so so good. Um, so the, I was I was interested going in, even though Profound Mysteries One wasn't really the album that I thought it was going to be. It was it was a lot more kind of low key for them. Um, a lot more um, there wasn't really much going on, and it was a bit dull. Um, this is a massive step up from that. Um, but again, for the reasons that you're saying, where it's like, they've kind of just gone, let's just try and make a Daft Punk song. Let's just, like, Control is the best example of of that sort of attitude where it's like, you want to listen to Killer by Adamski and you can't listen to Killer by Adamski, then listen to this. <laughs> this is like yeah. 70% as good and it sounds exactly the same, but... It's not quite as good because it doesn't have quite the same thing. Like, but when you're listening to it, it's quite enjoyable. The album, I re- I think some of the, I think like when Suzanne Sunfall comes on, that's quite interesting. I like I like the song with Karen Harding. I think that that really builds up to a, a nice moment. Um, but it is so derivative that it's it's hard to get past that. Um to see it as its own thing. It's just so much, um, it, it wears its influence so clearly, um, that it's really hard to not just go, why am I not just listening to these things? Well, what is this giving me that that wouldn't, and it, it doesn't really have an answer for that. So it's like, I, I completely agree with the sentiment. It's like, while you're listening to it, I was enjoying it. And I'm like, <laughs> but is it objectively is is this a good electronic dance album probably not it's probably not like no one's going to be inspired by this album to make the next one um it doesn't come close to their peak for me um from like the early noise and the tens but at least it's an improvement over the first part of this like trilogy there's another one coming so i'm sure fran will be there's excited about that <laughs> Or maybe it's I mean, getting better each time. Hopefully. <laughs> it will be good. Hopefully. It's going to have to go a long, long way to, to make it even slightly interesting. It's it's very it's just not interesting. There's nothing interesting about this album. It's it's not offensive. It doesn't do enough for me to hate it, but it doesn't pull me in ever. Um, it's just very, very average. Um, I mean, I don't really like this type of music that much anyway. I'd, I'd say I was trying to think when I was listening to it, what the closest thing in my record collection would be. And it's probably hot chip. Uh, they're the, probably the closest thing I can compare to it that I listen to and enjoy. Um, but hot chips music, the reason I love them is there's so much personality in that band. There's so much sort of uniqueness. Um, even when they're bad, which they often are, you know, it's them. They've got an identity. Um, this is like, a lot of hot chop, hot chip songs without any flavor and just no personality. It's just, it's just dull. It's just forgettable. It's it's just not worth talking about. So I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, not good. Yeah, but what exactly what I expected it to be? Because really? yeah, because kind of. I guess I remember a couple of songs by them, um, and okay. I always felt like that. So yeah, just not my thing. Did I don't we... think, but also not a good version of them. Not not a good version of this kind of music from what you two are saying either, really. Yeah. Except you enjoyed I think, it when I think you were listening, listen to, not when you weren't. I think the the Avalanches album from last year's is, is it maybe this year? I'm not sure when it came out. I thought that was a better example of attempting to do something electronic and weird and yeah, but, it, but that, that had its... way more going on, like and way more. Yeah. It's yeah. way more adventurous. And it, to me, like yeah. that's the thing that's missing is that they were like that. And a lot of a lot, their influence was pretty huge on on a lot of electronic music that they were doing. But like, to, the, there's a few songs like the, the first song they did with Robin, the girl and the robot. That that's like one of the best songs for me. Robin ever did, um, yeah. and that had a huge impact, like on the sound of 
of pop meets electronic music at the time it was such a kind of breakthrough thing so to hit to see them kind of get to this point and this is after like coming back they like retired for like seven years or something or however long so to see them come back from retirement to then release music that just sounds like other people is just a bit strange to me yeah um you're like what's the point yeah yeah i mean i just wanted to say to compare that to the avalanche is is is, is nonsensical matt it's a different world isn't it like the well, avalanches are really it? interesting but the avalanches are really interesting yeah, yeah, well, that's what but, we're yeah, saying. Yeah. I know, but to even bring them in, I don't understand how they belong in the same conversation. It's a similar genre. Yeah, it's Is what it? they want to be. It's what they want to be. Yeah. Okay. Right. And right. fails so, miserably at making. All right, I'll take that. Okay, I apologise. I don't know if it makes any sense, but... Okay. All right, that's that's the albums, isn't it? So what, what did you think of the playlist, Matt? Um, I think uh, similar sentiments to the right the, the, the right stop. I'm confused by it. I, I okay. there were moments where I was just like, this is this is an amazing playlist and I'm loving everything, and there are other times where I'm just like, oh, this is a real slog, um, or there's moment like moments I just have to stop and turn it off, um, but I think broad, broadly pretty good, pretty good, um, especially with your... um, Danger Mouse and Julia Jacqueline. Okay, and that... face. Yeah, yeah, Sam. I found it really hard to get myself to listen to the playlist this month. I usually have a couple of albums that I'm like, like I really enjoyed the Danger Mice album and I really enjoyed Julia Jacqueline clearly, but I'd rather just listen to that, that album and not kind of have to deal with everything else around it. Like it's not that they were bad. It's just, I found that it was a bit of, it was a bit of chaos this this month. It felt, yeah. Um, there was no real synergy between anything, so it was like I can't. No, it wasn't. It's not the sort of thing you could put on shuffle. Um, which ten minutes before this, when I'm like, I need to listen to something while I'm quickly doing this, and then a song from the Cheek Face album comes on, and I just go, <laughs> No, no, I'm going to stop this. And this you white noise would be better. So, yeah, it was just it wasn't. I don't think it was like a stellar playlist mm. for me. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I think the couple that I really didn't like, a uh, couple that I liked quite a lot, but one of them came with a lot of problems. And, and then there was Cheek Face, which I enjoyed. It's not like it was, I was desperate to hear it every time, but um, but yeah, average playlist, I would say. Okay. Cool. Shall we move on to why I love? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Bob Marley, um, well, here we go. Are you ready? I might talk for a while, so somebody time me. No, don't time me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard to know where to start with Bob Marley. Um, the man is undoubtedly one of the most important musicians and people in the history of music, and he's also probably the most important person creatively and politically in his home country. Um, so it's it's no normal why I love for me. Um, this isn't me blathering on about some folk singer who's released two albums and. None of you have heard of them. Um, everybody knows who Bob Marley is. Um, but yeah, when thinking about how to approach this, I wanted to start by talking about what it means to me on a personal level. Um, it's kind of interesting to me that it lands now when the the last Why I Love we did was was Sam talking about George Michael. Um, so when, when you did that section, Sam, I already knew I was doing Bob Marley next and I'd already put the playlist together. Um, it was quite remarkable to me to hear how much how much of a similar role Bob Marley plays in my family to the one that mm. George plays in yours. Um, one of the big similarities that made me smile was was how all your family called George Michael George because we did the same with Bob. He he was entirely Bob in in my house. Yeah. Um, you know everybody knows who you're talking about when you say Bob, uh, and that's even more miraculous when you consider that one of my uncles was called Bob, um, <laughs> and, and also. We are all massive Bob Dylan fans, but as soon as someone mentioned Bob, we, we knew who we were talking about. We knew we didn't mean my uncle. So it shows you kind of how much he meant in my house. Um, and I think my family is the biggest reason why I love Bob Marley. Um, you know, it's the biggest thing that his music makes me think of even now. And and even better than that is that it, it connects my whole family. Bob Marley, we all love him. Um 
which doesn't happen with much music in my family. You know, there's a lot of disagreement, but we all love Bob Marley. And, you know, in a family that wasn't always the happiest when I was a child, you know, my parents split when I was 15. Um, it had been coming for a long time and there was a lot of arguing at home, but Bob Marley was one of those few sort of unifying things that brought us all together. Um, both before and after they they split up. I, I sort of remember listening to his music in the car as a kid. I remember listening to it as we sat down for Christmas dinner. I remember like I became obsessed with making mixtapes and, and burning CDs and I'd make them for my family a lot for birthdays and Christmas and, and there'd always be a Bob song on. It was guaranteed there'd be a Bob Marley song on. And that was all through the ages I was doing it. So when I was listening to Oasis, when I was listening to the Spice Girls, when I was listening to... Um, the national later on and stuff they'd always bob marley would still be there um and then as i got older so birthday parties stuff like that people would ask me to make playlists um for for the party and they'd all, i'd always include the song could you be loved which was the second song on the playlist I, I made for this um and some of the very few times that i have been seen dancing in public are to that song um i don't <laughs> dance a lot but if you put could you be loved on if you want if you want to see me dance like an idiot then put could you be loved on and you will see that um so yeah there's a there's a lot of emotional weight in this music for me um a lot of happy but so, also some bittersweet memories um but then sort of to add to that bob bob makes such a variation of music that he's been there for me in in different ways at different stages of my life um sort of happy cheery songs like free little birds were there when i was a kid um, to cheer me up. My parents used to play that that song to me and sort of sing that song to me. Um, as I got towards being a teenager, started smoking a lot of weed. Um, Bob made the perfect donor music. Um, he often sings about weed. Um, so, you know, in in that point, he became a, an icon for me in a different way. I had a, a Bob Marley T-shirt with a cannabis leaf and I had Bob Marley posters all over my room. Um, and, you know, all me and my friends would smoke and miss Bob Marley. Um, and then later in life, when I, I moved to uni, I became a bit more political. I became a bit more aware of the world. Um, you know, I was awoken to a lot of the meanings in his songs that I hadn't really fully observed, absorbed before. So songs like um, Then Belly Full, which is also on this playlist, became so much more meaningful. I kind of started to realize that, you know, he's not only this stoner, this person who makes happy songs, he's also a man who really fought for his beliefs and for, for, the, for the people he cared about and, and his country. And that's really reflected in his music. Um, so there were songs that talk about political action, like Get Up, Stand Up, or the anti-racism songs like War, No More Trouble. They sort of became my favorites instead of the ones that were about sunshine and weed. Um, and now this last month, while I've been listening to this playlist for this episode, things have kind of gone full circle in a way because my daughter, Fen, is, is 15 months old and she loves music. She loves dancing. She's every time, I mean, a lot of the music she dances to is keyboard music that she presses a button to and it's horrible <laughs> but when i put my music on she'll have a little dance um and she she loves bob marley that's been the music that she's really enjoyed of mine um so i get kind of a new joy now from watching her dance to could you be loved to stir it up trenchtown rock so it's that kind of seeing her start to enjoy the music um which yeah is, is amazing um and at this point i don't even feel like i've really spoken about bob marley's music i've just spoken about what he means to me, but um, I don't think I've even said the word reggae yet, which is kind of weird. So I'll just say reggae again. Um, but yeah, obviously Bob is the pioneer and shining star of that genre. He is influential on all music today, really, but especially a lot of music that's particularly, you know, from it's got a history in black music, you know, and, and you can hear the love for him in hip hop all the time. Um, there's been an album this year by Billy Woods, um, which I can't remember the name of it, but it's full of Bob's lyrics and samples. Like throughout the album, it's Bob Marley. Um, so yeah, I, I think the joy of the music is that it does sound so universal, so beautiful. It's so timeless that it allow, it allows for the kind of journey I've gone on with it that ability to hear and love the music from a young age, but then learn more about it as you get older. And then obviously he's also a ridiculously, ridiculously important person to Jamaica, as I, as I mentioned. I'm not going to try and distill all of that into this section because I'd be talking forever. But if you get anything from listening to this music over the last month, I'd say watch the Marley documentary that came out a few years ago because there's a, there's a lot in that about his importance as a historical figure. Um, but yeah, I just want to address one more thing before I finish. And I suppose that's to do with how and why I chose some of the songs I did for the playlist and, and what I was hoping to do with it. Um, 
in a weird way, there's been kind of a massive whitewashing of Bob's music and meaning in, in the West, in, in England and in the US for a very long time. He's sort of seen as this happy, sunny, summer party type of musician. People focus on songs like One Love, Sun is Shining, Is This Love, to sort of tell the artist of this person who sang happy, smiley songs about palm trees and, and pretty women. And he did do that, that really well, but his music is a lot more than that. Um, there's like so much political power in his music and his life. And I kind of wanted to show that multifaceted, fascinating part of him on this on this playlist. I don't really know how well you two knew him before. I'm sure you will have heard songs. Um, but I, if you didn't know him that well, um, you know, whether you, whether you love the music or not, I hope this playlist sort of showed that, you know, he isn't just the person who people can remix Sun is Shining and make horrible dance versions, you know, that there's a lot more <laughs> to him than that. Um, but yeah, I've banged on for ages now. Um, I'll just say Bob Marley is probably like the one musician for me um, who will, will always be there, the one I've always listened to. Um, I've even named my cat after his middle name, so kind of shows the the obsession levels. But yeah, I just want to hear what you two thought, really. Um, and also, I'd like to know a bit about sort of what you knew about Bob Marley before, like how much you did know him and, and whether listening to this playlist made you feel any differently about him. So um, who wants to start? I don't mind. I can start. Go for it. Yeah, go. Um, yeah, I. Th- this was a great playlist. First off, um, thank you. It felt like listening, like it felt like if this had been like a live album, it felt mm. like a very complete like live show. Do you know what I mean? Like if okay. if the structure of it was very much like we feel like we went between all of these different kind of eras of it. And it, I really enjoyed that about it. So you could tell that you'd picked out some, like some interesting things that I'd never heard. Um, I found it hard to take notes on this, to be honest, because mm. this is music. That's like just always been there. It's yeah. there's, there's like artists and songs specifically. And you just, you, you hear his voice or you hear one of these songs, like, Get up, stand up. Could you be loved? Three little birds. No woman, no cry. That I don't think I've done a playlist as as in a while of on this podcast mm. with like all time classics like that on it before. Yeah, I yeah. think we everyone I've done has been like like you say, kind of more like based on an artist that I might not know or that this is like all time yeah, standard yeah. standard songs like that will be here for another 500 years like these are songs that are so inbuilt in the fabric of of all people at this point um Mm. but i really liked the the other songs that i maybe didn't know as well that you can really hear the way that he talks on on certain topics and 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 his own experience within a situation that could be seen as very volatile or very kind of Mm politically charged but he has this way of making even those bits feel universal which is why yeah. you can see why he's been able to speak to so many people um i think maybe I, I don't know if i was expecting to get like a different side musically maybe mm. from some of the other stuff um it is he he does what he does very very well um and I don't know if the if he ever did kind of venture out onto or a different kind of sound or kind of do anything like that. Not um, really. The only thing I'd say is like the earlier stuff was more ska, like really. Yeah, early. yeah. Like the, there was a particular type of reggae that started it, but um, but no, not really. But I, but I mean, he, he is he is foundational to the sound of any music that mm. pulls from this. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think that's a, an issue. It was just something I, I was going, oh, maybe that'll be something that I'll get from this. Mm. But um, yeah, it, he's not really someone that my family would ever have listened to at all. Like, I, I don't think we, we probably owned a copy of Legend at some point. It's yeah. it, that like in terms of an album, um, that's one of those albums that's like still in the top 10. Um, because if you listen to Bob Marley, that counts as listening to legend Um, and it's just it will be one of the biggest sellers forevermore um kind of thing um but i don't i don't remember us us 
listening to him as a kid or anything like that. Um, so it's interesting to hear that comparison there of like these these, yeah. these artists that are like so integral to your whole family setup that that then just become part of part of the family. Yeah, in that sense. Um, yeah, that was what was really interesting that you talk about George Michael when I knew that I was about to because it was just like you're saying all the things that almost like you'd stolen my yeah yeah my Bob Marley speech, but you know different different reasons and different sort of music, and I think that's what's interesting, isn't it? How something like that can it can be so different, such a different musician, but also the same sort of meaning yeah. to the family. I thought it was quite interesting. But the, the main mm. thing is that I need to find somewhere to listen to reggae music because I've I've tried it here and it does not work in my house. It's I need to be somewhere <laughs> else. We we established this from okay. a coffee album. I need to be not signed Stockport. Um, yeah. I want to be somewhere feeling the vibes a bit more. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Matt. Um. So I, I thought for me, like I didn't I have a similar relationship with uh, uh, Bob Marley to Sam in the sense that yeah. I never explicitly put it on. I never, my family, I maybe we owned Legend, but it wasn't one that was in regular rotation. But it does feel like, I'm not like, there's maybe four or five songs I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, or maybe like five or six. But like the ma- majority I like, I know and I like know all the lyrics. I like, oh, really? like feel, I feel like I know them in, like just inside out. Um, Is that not just from living with me though? No, because I don't feel like you <laughs> put it on that often as well. Like we were so into, no. <laughs> like in the public space, we were so into the indie rock and um, mm. that whole explosion of music that, we, that it just never... It never came 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 on. Um, yeah. Maybe late at night after way too many beers, and then I won't remember. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's, it's really interesting to listen to something and like think about something that's such a like both like a cultural icon and something that's so someone who's so synonymous with a genre. I don't think mm. there is in my head anyone that is so both culturally important and synonymous with like a single genre. Um, mm. And like that everyone, like I can't think of any artists where I, I just feel like I know tons of their music without mm. explicitly having listened to them. Like not even like the Beatles or anything like that. Like I, mm, interesting. I, to, I had to explicit, I had to go and put the Beatles albums on to understand who they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is just, it's in the environment. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, cause it's just always on, or people are always playing it. And I think but the playlist specifically, I, I thought was really interesting because I don't think, like you, I think a lot about what you were saying, if like there is like these kind of good good time vibes associated mm. with reggae and, and specifically Bob Marley. But like, actually, like I, I know some of these songs, which are about like the fight and the struggle, and actually hearing them, everything uh, next to each other in this in this playlist, really actually brought home how varied it is, and mm. how that like the tone it uh, fluctuates quite well. Like he, he's still charismatic and warm throughout, but it is that thing of like there is a much like there's darkness in some of the songs yeah, yeah, isn't clear unless like, it's a lot, a lot less clear unless it's juxtaposed against some of the others. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was a really, really great, uh, great listen. And like, I did enjoy listening to some of the, the songs I hadn't heard before. I, I think it's clear that some like there's a reason some of the anthemic songs have got this new life because they are maybe so universal and so mm. um, big in their sound. Um, but um, it's it was yeah it was really interesting to listen to as a whole. Um, so cool. yeah, and I think I think if anyone hasn't listened to the playlist, they should because it's it is a really good distillation of Bob Marley. Yeah. Nice. I think that's the most praise I've ever got for my playlist <laughs> construction. Yeah. So I'll definitely take that. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, just one thing that struck me whilst while you guys were talking about the sort of universal and the sort of fact that some of it's about um, clearly about Jamaica, clearly about yeah his experiences. But then something that kept coming back to me this last month while I've listened to it is on, on the song um, "Then Belly Full But We Hungry." It kind of starts with the lines. Um, cost of living gets so high, rich and poor, they want to cry. And it's kind of just living in the middle of this cost of living crisis and realizing like those lyrics that were so specific to what he was singing about then, but then now they have that same meaning now, you know, for, what, 40 years later or whatever. That kind of just was another thing that remind, just made me realize how timeless yeah. he is. And that kind of, yeah. um, that fight that he was talking about is kind of, Maybe that's why people still get into him, you know, because I think like even more so than the Beatles or stuff like that, maybe there's young people who would listen to Bob now and connect to parts of it. And maybe that's part of the reason why. Um, yeah. But yeah, that just kept coming to me over the last month. So I'm glad that kind of you guys sense that as well. But yeah, cool. Okay. Well, watch the Marley documentary, both of you, because it's fantastic okay. and really interesting sort of um, to see that political side of him as well. But yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Cool. Is that us? Yeah, that's us. Okay, brilliant. So, should we talk about next time? Yeah. So, Matt, you're going to be um, hosting next time, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I picked, for the classic album, I picked Elvis Presley with Whoa. his album, Elvis Presley. So, it's going to be another <laughs> big classic. And I also uh, picked something that my whole family also listened to and meant a lot to us, um, Linkin Park with Meteora. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just picturing those dinner times now. You yeah. With your mom yeah. and listen to Linkin Park. Yeah, cool. Okay, I've picked uh, two new releases. One, Madis- Madison Cunningham with R- Revealer and Natural Brown Prom Queen by Sedan Archives. Sam? I have picked... Um, Ashley McBride presents Lindaville by Ashley McBride and the Beths expert in a dying field. Nice. Okay. Um, so yeah, everybody check us out on, on pickybees.com. It's our, our website where there's a lot more music reviews, all of the podcasts and, and, and us generally talking shit about music and pretending that we know what we're talking about. And, um, and yeah, follow us on Twitter at picky bastards. But uh, yeah, bye for now, everyone. Just for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.